Hey everyone, welcome to the Building Efficiency Podcast presented by Nenny and Associates. I'm your host, Jim Schaefer. Now, if this is your first time tuning in, Nenny and Associates is an executive search firm focused on the building efficiency industry, hence why we named the podcast the way that we did. And simply put, we help our clients find the right talent. Each week, we sit down with leaders from the industry to discuss their backgrounds, how they got started, and where they see the industry heading. We also get to know our guests and find out what drives them to be successful. So on today's episode, episode 27, we sit down with Jack Cunningham, who is the Director of Sales at Environmental Systems Corporation for their Energy Solutions Division. Really enjoyed hearing Jack's journey into the energy services industry and how his company is positioned today to adapt to the ever-changing market of energy efficiency projects, especially pertaining to the New England market. You'll, of course, want to stick around until the end to hear what Jack wants his lasting legacy to be. Really good stuff there. Now, if you haven't done so already, be sure to subscribe to our channel. And if you enjoyed this episode, please share it and leave a five-star review. We think you're really going to enjoy this episode with Jack. So let's drop in. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Building Efficiency Podcast. Today we're sitting down with Jack Cunningham, who is the Director of Sales at Environmental Systems Corporation for the Energy Solutions Division. That was a bit of a mouthful, so hopefully I got it all all accurate there. Jack, welcome to the show. Ah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for uh, inviting me. Excited to be here. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm excited as well. I'm glad we carved out some time. So I know you've been in the industry for a little while, as as most of our guests here on the podcast. Some people are going to know who you are, but I'm sure some people aren't. So could you give us an idea of your background and kind of how you got started? Sure. Yeah, sure, sure. So um, I'll go. I'm going to go a little bit back far, but I'll, I'll make it as fast as possible. So uh, Sorry, we got time. In uh, 1984, I was a uh, freshman in college and uh, the phone company here in Connecticut, Southern New England Telecommunications, um, they had a opportunity where you could work one day in the sum, one day during the school year and then full time in the summer in the business office. Um, so I, I joined up for that. They had two classes of eight people each. Um, they never had that program again. So I don't know how much that says about me and my abilities, but uh, I ended up staying at the phone company for about 20 years in, uh, in about eight different positions. Um, so I started off in the business office. Um, I eventually matriculated into yellow page sales, um, which was a, a big deal at the time in the uh, late 80s, early 90s. And I went from uh, telephone rep to account exec one to account exec two to major account reps. And that's really where I kind of learned how to sell. Mm -hmm. um, and then I got eventually transferred back to the business office as a first line manager. And um, my last job there, I ran um, the Hartford call center, which had uh, 12 first line managers reporting to me and a 137 sales and service reps. Um, at that point in time, they had a buyout. I took the buyout. Um, and I wasn't exactly sure what I was going to do. So I went into independent Yellow Pages for about five years. Uh, and then that's kind of when Yellow Pages was sort of phasing out and the Internet was taking over. And um, I got a call from someone and they um, were pitching, you know, selling electricity and natural gas. So I did that for a couple of years. That company ended up going bankrupt. <laughs> Um, and then I wasn't really sure what I was going to do. And I got a call, believe it or not. And this is kind of what a small world it is from a guy who sat right next to me at SNET Yellow Pages. His name was Jack Hirschbaum. And he worked for a company called NextGen. You may have heard of them in Middletown, mm -hmm. Connecticut. Mm -hmm. 
So um, he was the sales manager at the time. And he said, you got to come sell this. It's the easiest thing you're ever going to sell. And at that point, it was about small business is mostly what they did. So that's kind of how I cut my teeth in the industry. Um, and he's right. When it works, it is the easiest thing to sell. The challenge is when you can't meet payback parameters and stuff like that. Um, so from there, I uh, quickly got more into the energy opportunity market, which are the bigger sales, you know, people who are over 200 kW demand. It's sort of the way they segregate the, uh, you know, the different classifications of electric use and the size of the projects uh, here in New England. Um, and eventually I became um, the senior account representative for NextGen Hold handling all of New England. Uh, so doing a lot of Maine, New Hampshire, you know, um, and then I got promoted to director of sales at NextGen. Um, at that point in time, we were going to get bought out by a company I'm sure you've heard of called Amoresco. Sure. And um, that fell through, but eventually they called me up and they wanted me to be part of their intelligence solutions uh, division, uh, which was real-time monitoring. Mm. Um, so I did that for a few years and they decided at that point to sort of get out of the CNI market and really concentrate on the mush market. Right. That's been their and, core business traditionally, right? Yeah. 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 And they, uh, they asked me to go broker a deal for the real-time monitoring and I could bring my $1.8 million uh, and signed letter of intents with me since they were getting out of that market. And so I went to about five or six different ESCOs. I, I explained to them, you know, what I was proposing. And really ESC, which, you know, is just an awesome company. We, we had a lot of synergies, you know, and um, so I ended up uh, coming here. And we've okay. been um, building the division and um, it's, been, it's been fantastic, you know. Okay. So, yeah, and just uh, if you could give us a brief overview of of ESC and, and kind sure. of where you guys are at today, how you're yep. going to market, and maybe some of the um, you know, energy conservation measure projects yeah. that you guys are pursuing. Yeah, yeah. So um, ESC again, I'll try to give you the Reader's Digest version. I hope I'm not being too sure, long winded. Sure. Uh, ESC has been around for about uh, 40, 48 years, I think. So they started out as an HVAC company. Um, and the owner, who's now since retired, his son runs the company, it's a single owned company. Um, named Don McCurdy was involved a lot with what was going on with MIT with um, energy management systems and them trying to put the first one into into operation. And so, you know, he was involved in that, you know, process along with a lot, a lot of other people. But um, once that first building management system was produced, that automatically put us in that building, it, in that business. So now we're in HVAC business and we're BMS, you know, uh, excuse me, a controls business. Um, that eventually ended up bringing us into security, fire, and audiovisual. And then the end of the 90s rolled around and there was all these lighting companies doing, you know, the beginning of what was the energy programs that we have today. Uh, but they kept running into uh, controls projects and HVAC projects. And nobody really knew how to do the controls calcs. So we immediately got plugged into that business and they opened the energy solutions division, which, which I now run. So that's kind of how that went down. Um, in terms of customers, um, we're pretty diversified. Uh, prior to COVID, I would say 64% of our customers were probably in the industrial manufacturing base. Um, and the rest was mostly mush with some commercial buildings mixed in. That's kind of flipped now. 
Um, we, we're in a lot of municipalities. We're doing a ton of municipality work. And, um, you know, we're trying to get the manufacturing space moving again. We, we have done some manufacturing ones recently, but they kind of flowed over from last year, uh, the ones we're wrapping up today. Uh, but I do see some movement starting to reemerge in the industrial market. So we're, we're closely monitoring that to see if that trend is going to continue. Well, it's interesting on the municipal side. So even in the midst of COVID, they're still saying, hey, we, we need to do these projects. Now, are these tied into a guarantee, traditional energy performance contract? Um, I'm looking at it a little differently. Yeah, so we don't do performance contracting. We're just below that. So we're not in the small business world and we're not in um, the guaranteed contracting world. So our, our projects range from about 150K up to probably about 1.4 million-ish. And- okay. um, Okay. But we do, you know, even though it's not guaranteed contracting, we 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 use the um, the loans that are available to make these things appetizing to customers. So here in New England, um, they have the municipal loans, the zero percent on bill municipal loans. So we're leveraging the savings, the incentive, and the loan to put these things together. And the municipalities aren't going anywhere. Um, the other thing that's driving this is, you know, the legislatures have pretty much stated in 2023, 2022, sometime in these, this time period, they're going to look at either removing completely or seriously reducing the LED lighting incentive. Hmm. Um, my understanding is that is based on one of three things happening. Uh, number one, they have a number of penetration they're trying to get. So if they hit that, that's one thing that would happen that would cause that. Number two is if it becomes code. And number three, as the prices continue to drop, and you know, I know you probably know this, they continue to drop rapidly. When they hit what fluorescent pricing is, same thing. So um, you know, that's driving a lot of these towns right now. Um, but it's interesting in that mush market, the universities, I mean, we did just do some stuff with Trinity College. Um, in their act, uh, athletic fields. But for the most part, the universities seem to be slowing down also right now and have during mm -hmm. this COVID thing, um, as well as um, hospitals, understandably. They don't really wanna see us, although we are working with some hospitals right now, starting to put some things together. But so um, in the mush part, it's usually, it's been the municipalities and the school systems that have really, really been driving a lot of our activity, thank God. Because if it wasn't for that, I'm not sure exactly where we'd be. So, um, and in addition, um, you know, most of these utilities have some type of COVID stimulus, or at least they're willing to talk about some maybe out of the box solutions where we can put something together that works for the customer. Yeah, everyone's got their own niche market. It seems like in COVID, right? And and everyone's trying yeah. to adapt. So it sounds like you guys have found found your way to adapt to what's going on in, in your part of the country there. So. Um, you, you mentioned kind of how the company got founded on the HVAC side, evolution of building management systems. As, as you like, Jack, as you look at the future of the industry and maybe not only where your company's going, but just broad brush on a global scale, you know, where do you see the industry heading from like maybe a technology standpoint or just overall? I'd be curious to get your perspective. Yeah, I think that um, we're sort of at a crossroads right now on the energy side, you know, so we know something's going to be happening with the lighting, right? Um, so, so the question becomes, where is that money that's going to, where is that money going? The money that is 
you know, incentivized right now for the lighting? Is that going to be shift over into the HVAC measures, the controls measures? So here in New England, for most of New England, except for Maine, um, if you go to do change out, let's say a rooftop unit, um, you know, if it's over 18 years, you're getting like 150 or $80 a ton. That's it. So they, you can't take like the SEER rating of the old unit and the SEER rating of the new unit and just do the calculation for the savings. They won't like, it's just the tonnage and it's because they consider it end of life. So we don't know if that's going to change because what happens invariably in that scenario, I'm a little off track, but I'm just trying to give you the scope. Um, people go, well, I'll just wait until it completely dies. Let's take that out of the project because I'm only getting $80 a ton or $150 a ton, you know? So on a 10 ton rooftop unit to put that in in, uh, perspective, let's say it's 78,000 to replace, right? Installed crane, everything. You're gonna get uh, $1,500, that's it. Even though you're gonna be saving all this money. And then the other number that comes into play is code. So they'll go, well, code is this now. So that's all you're getting. Right, but you know, this is where the machine is at. I'm actually going to be saving all of this. And, you know, so we don't really know where all of that's going. So that's one question. Um, as far as, you know, all the experts seem to think that it's, it's really going to be starting to move towards more real-time uh, monitoring type things. Um, I see backup battery becoming more and more, you know, off either solar or CHP or some other type of system. Um, and I, I think a lot more stuff is going to be, uh, happening on the other side of the meter in terms of, uh, energy reduction, you know, um, there's some new programs like transformer changes out the more efficient transformers. There's, there's a lot of stuff out there. Um, we recently hired a gentleman named, uh, Dave McIntosh from, uh, Eversource. Um, so he used to be in charge of like, uh, their energy utilization programs, their prime programs, which have to do with like Kaizen type thing events um, and their uh, business sustainability challenge program and in the industrial manufacturing programs. So um, we, we've sort of tasked him with trying to find what are the new technologies because, you know, we're going to have to make a shift here. You right. know, lighting is probably in most of our projects at this point, you know, and we use lighting steam and air to pay down the rest of the measures we look at to carry the HVAC, you know, the, the measures from DDC to, you know, full on BMS controls. We use those lower measures to get to like a seven year ish payback, right. you know, as opposed to, you know, anywhere from four to two years, depending on hours of operations for the core measures, you know, so. Yeah, it's uh, it'll be interesting to to see, right? And that's why I'm always asking that question. You know, what's what's coming next? No one can predict the future, but you can kind of use what's in front of you and like look out, like okay, what is yeah. that emerging technology? How do we need to adapt and adjust? So, uh, thanks for thanks for providing that perspective. So, Jack, what I wanted to do here was just to move to the the last part of the show. Is the same four questions that I ask to every guest who comes on. What are your daily non negotiables? Yeah. So for me personally, not the people that work for me. So, you know, every day involves the same morning ritual, wake up, you know, there's usually some prayers, meditation, some exercise. Then the day starts off, you know, with whatever's on my schedule, whether that be meetings, working with, you know, the reps that work with me, um, 
things that are going on in the back of our house for production, you know, um, but, you know, I, I would say it, it starts with the beginning of a, a, a regimented day. It's pretty regimented and everything that I have to do goes on a schedule and then, you know, the schedule becomes reality. And then, um, so that's kind of, uh, how, how I look at myself, but the people that work for me, you know, they have certain KPIs they have to hit. And we know that if they hit those key performance indicators that, that they'll have success also. Can't underestimate the value of a solid morning routine. Best way yeah. to start off the day, right? Yeah. yeah. Now, big, big fan of that as well. So, Jack, what advice would you give to your 22-year-old self? I think um, the advice I would give myself is that, you know, you just have to keep striving, you know, just keep trying to do the right things. Um, even today, you know, things will come up on projects or whatever. And it's really just about continuing to do the right thing, right? Um, striving, continue to work because things are going to change. The one thing that's, that's, you know, I started, I, at 22, I thought I was going to work at the phone company until I was 65 and retired. You know, I'm at, I'm 55 currently and I'm in a whole different industry, but it's exciting every day. I wake up, I literally jump out of bed, excited to do what we do and the value we bring to companies and customers and the, the ability to help them. You know, they have, um, you know, uh, energy reduction goals. They really, in many cases, don't know how to get there and stuff. So um, I think that, you know, you need to have a plan, but sometimes the plan unfolds as you go. What motivates you? What gets you out of bed in the morning? Um, so again, um, you know, this is a very, very exciting business. So there's, um, you know, the adrenaline release, which the, the main adrenaline releases for me is obviously when you sell a big project or you help somebody achieve a customer, in other words, what they're trying to achieve and what they they really thought was not possible, maybe, or just what happens is, especially in manufacturing, now the facilities and the HES guy are the same guy that happened after the 2008 crash. So they're really kind of overwhelmed. So they know they have energy reduction goals, which for most companies are like 15%, you know, in everything. So that's electric, gas, water. Well, you can only change your supply on your electric and gas bill like once a year. So that's done. You have to figure out how you're going to get this other energy reduction. And they really haven't, you know, they kind of know, but they don't know. So we can come in, we'll put a financial model together with them and, and, and then we can help them achieve that. And that's a great feeling. And then the third one would be um, just, you know, I, I have to coach and develop my people. So when you see those lights go on, when you see they get it, you know, those are all the endorphin releases that that really lead to the excitement of what this job is, what it does. That's cool. That's cool. The last question here. What do you want your lasting legacy to be? Well, you know, um, I think for for our group and for me personally, I, I you know, I'm striving to help the ESC Energy Solutions Division become uh, the preeminent, you know, energy division when you have anything technical uh, or hard to figure out. Um, you know, I want us to be that go-to company and there are, you know, I'm not going to mention the utilities by names, but there are certain utilities here in New England that we have already established that with, you know, they've got something complicated. They call us. Um, so we want to, you know, just because other people, they don't feel are going to be able to figure it out, you know, or not figure it out in the timely manner necessary to, you know, 
you know, these things get complicated and there's a lot of twists and turns. So, um, you know, the goal is for us to be the preeminent uh, energy services company in New England, for sure. All right. Well, I think that's a perfect way to, to wrap up the show. Jack, thanks for coming on the Building Efficiency Podcast. Okay. Thank you so much. It was great. All right. All right. There you have it. Episode 27 with Jack Cunningham. I hope everyone enjoyed this episode as much as I did. And if you did enjoy it, please be sure to subscribe to our channel wherever you enjoy listening to your favorite podcast. We hope you're sharing this with your friends and colleagues as well. And one last thing that I would ask, if you have any ideas for future guests from the industry, please reach out to me. We'd love to hear from you loyal listeners. So until next time, I'm Jim Schaefer, and we'll catch you on the next episode.